Alrighty, let's just get this going and let's let's chat it up. That's what they say these days, right? Chat it up. Everybody and welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm the aforementioned Jordan Haas. How are you doing? So, as always, I show vulnerability at the front of the episode. Um, <clears throat> this week is a good and bad news. Um, personal news: my mom is coming back home sometime this weekend and that means that she's back to being quote-unquote a-okay which means I can go back to taking care of her and I have to really worry about if she's gonna be okay which is good um I had a lot of fun the last what month or so taking care of uh just being by myself essentially but meeting people chatting along uh getting sleep a few times i even got sleep um but oh as always heads up because i might be going back to being the caregiver full time it may not be as much content to uh, be here and obviously my mom's health is more important than a podcast episode needs to be recorded every week. So, there's that. <clears throat> um, I want to thank everyone again for the kind words. I always think this is going to be the last podcast and then we're done. And sometimes it still feels that way. Um, I don't know how to juggle <laughs> essentially everything. Uh, So that's been going on, at least in my head, for the last couple of weeks. It's just that sort of, what what, what do you do kind of thing. I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but I hope so. You never know. Um, But yeah, I I, I had... um, It's it's fine. The problem is, it, it makes... It, it, I, I'm, <laughs> I have to juggle a lot of things at the same time, and it just it gets overwhelming. <laughs> um, last week we talked about the game show show, and uh, I just want to say that this week's episode, episode two was a hell of a lot better than episode one. I don't know if someone listened to my review <laughs> of episode one and re-edited it. But it was 100% better. They had experts talk about the shows, give the stories about like Price is Right and Deal or No Deal, 
and let's make a deal. You get Howie, you got Wayne Brady, you got Drew Carey. They're all chatting about it. And only a little bit of time do you get like, uh, oh yeah, and then this happened. The Basically, it's an invert. The celebrities that they book to give the three sentences of, oh my God, I love Press Your Luck, is now allocated to sprinkling in words while there's someone actually telling the story. And I, I love that because this is partially ABC News. It's supposed to be information. And instead of doing an I love the 80s style recap of, hey, remember game shows, this one getting people like Shelley Herman, Adam Needif, Christian Carrion, Bob Bowden, they are the people who bring the show to life. The weird thing was there was no Derek Beckles on this. And if it's one thing I remember is Derek Beckles, who I am always fond of because I love TV Carnage. And I think he's one of the most under, I hate to say underrated. I hate the term underrated, overrated. He's one of the most underrated writers, editors, people in Hollywood because he has a multitude of talents. And the only time you've ever really seen him on television was Adult Swim's Hot Package. But man is a game show genius too. Like he is just, he is just an, a diehard expert of the genre as well. Um, anyway, I just want to say Game Show Show Episode 2 is a hell of a lot better. Still pissed they never gave me a call, but no, no, it's fine. It's, they, it's a fantastic show Episode 2. And I'm sure Episode 3 and 4 will get better, because it just takes time to improve. And I love it. Uh, additionally, speaking of game shows, uh... Game shows, I suppose, is back. I'm putting on air quotes. So, uh, I love talking game shows, but I don't really have time to do a weekly show about game shows. So, heads up, it looks like it's back, but it's not really back. Every Monday, on the game shows, I suppose, feed, I'm uploading an episode from the Patreon. So, that means that every little game show update I did from like 2001, the paranoia of game shows in the pandemic in the 2020s, uh, the very ad libby glibby didn't research well reviews of game shows, they're all going to be uploaded at some point in January. Some of these, my thoughts have kind of changed on the show. Other times, wow, they're great, and then season two show up and they screwed the pooch. But I think it's still interesting to put them back up. Because to me, it is, uh, it's still me talking game shows. And it's still game shows, I suppose, that people may not have listened to because they didn't donate to the Patreon. And because the Patreon's now a tip jar kind of idea, I want to make sure that this goes out on Mondays and as an incentive, hey, if you want to listen to everything else that's going to be coming up well into advance, you can do that too on patreon.com slash Jordan Haas for $5 a month. Um, <clears throat> so I, I really wanted to make sure that there was some piece of content every Monday in the event that I don't have anything to provide in the next year or so. 
So by having an episode up every Monday, you have a piece of Jordan content between now and January 2025. I'm not kidding. I, I scheduled everything in advance. January 2025 is the last piece of Patreon game show content that will be uploaded. Uh, so good on that. If you want to see some game show content. Uh, additionally, game shows, I suppose, will have quote unquote new episodes, but they're going to be more kind of like what this Honest Haas, a podcast with Jordan Haas sort of format is, where it's just more short form rambly content. Because a lot of the game shows I have yet to talk about on game shows, I suppose, aren't really game shows that I can really go for a full hour talking about or half an hour talking about it shows that I, I watched once went oh yeah that show and even if I try and do the full over analyze the concept of the game what makes it good what makes it bad it only runs like 10 minutes I like almost like the point of like my usual game show reviews like about 10 to 15 minutes so I'm going to put two or three or sometimes even four game shows into an episode uh, to basically talk about. And it just and that will be the new quote unquote, I hate to say format because I don't think it's a format anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so so every so often there'll be these little bunches. I've recorded two episodes. The first one's already out talking about the wheel and spin the wheel because those are two modern game shows that both incorporate a wheel they were in the modern day one was 2019 before pandemic the other one was made during the pandemic and i realized when i did the wheel of review and that's what kind of sparked it was wait a minute i very barely glanced and did research for this all i did was say michael mcintyre's the host okay that's, that's it. <laughs> uh, so if you were a fan of the wheel, sorry, I didn't care that much. Um, but it's there. And next week is Bingo. We're talking Bingo America and National Bingo Night. Because obviously, same producer, same story. Um, <clears throat> so it got me thinking about what other shows I have missed. There's so many MTV shows I missed. There's so many cooking competition shows I missed. I really, at this point, was like, I honestly was going to make the a, a joke episode where I'm going to do every cooking competition game show ever made. And when I looked at the list, and I am not kidding, there are almost a hundred cooking competition shows, if you include the spinoff series. So, you know, like Cutthroat Kitchen with Camp Cutthroat, Chop Chop Junior, Chop Champions, Chopped Casino Royale. And it just got me just banging my head against the wall because there's Iron Chef. Iron Chef uh, uh, Gauntlet. Iron Chef, uh, what was the other Iron, uh, the quest for the next Iron Chef. And so I just went, uh. And that's not including all of these short form cooking shows that are like, there are three cooking shows about cooking with cannabis. 
Someone really wanted to do the weed cooking competition show. There are, there's a fat, there's one based on fast food. There's one based on snack foods. There's one based on recreating a fast food. I was, I, I was like, do I have to cover all these shows? Because ideally, there's only a few that really are prevalent. Iron Chef, Ready, Steady, Cook, um, Great British Bake Off, um, Top Chef, and in some ways, Master Chef, because that was actually started in the 90s. So it really was like a, oh God, do I have to cover all of this? I said yes, but I, I'm having second thoughts about that. Same reason with dating shows. I'm okay with dating shows, but a lot of them aren't really a dating game show. They really were just actors who had to sit in a, like a shit van, talk for a little bit, and then go to Casa Vega and drink a martini, or sorry, margarita, and then I guess that's it. They got free lunch though. Uh, unfortunately, I had to do more research on dating shows. And here's a fun fact. Sometimes they are so cheap on these fucking shows that while the producers comp the food, sometimes they still want to make sure there is a scene where the guy or girl splits the bill or pays for it. Why? I thought it was just horseshit. So, that's that's me with game shows. Check out game shows, I suppose. There's two new episodes coming out this week and next week. And additionally, uh, there is going to be more episodes soon. Definitely want to talk about a lot of Game Show Network originals. So stay tuned to that. It's fun. So, uh, we're still doing this podcast whenever I feel like. Game shows, I suppose. Well, there's daily uploads of archived content. That's also whenever I feel like is new episodes. Um, because it's more short form, it's more like, do I have 10 minutes, a certain time to talk about a game show, save it, and then compile whatever I can up to make an episode. So there's your behind the scenes secret for game shows, I suppose, to later years. Can I record 10 minutes about a game show, save it, and then go, yeah, I guess they all kind of fit. I guess uh, Break the Bank somewhat fits. Sure. Sure, buddy. Guess so. I have to actually check. No, did I actually cover Break the Bank at one point? I, I had to have. Big break. Um, ball breakers, but not break the bank. Wow. I guess I got to put that there. Break the bank and come up with maybe two or three other game shows. I'll do that later. While we wait that close out, because obviously we want to close that out. Um, more... More game show news. So, here's the, um, 
here's some of the news because we're gonna keep going here. Um, one thing that has been on my mind recently has been, of course, um, after talking game shows because we're still talking about those video games. Um, I recently did a review on my website, tornhaas.com, uh, reviewing Legend of Zelda. It's a, I will spoil it, it's a kind of a gag review. Um, it's a real review, but also a gag review. Because I played Legend of Zelda, this new Tears of the Kingdom game. Everyone on the podcast is already throwing their two cents about this video game. My firm answer, and I hope I've already recorded and said this last week, it's a good game. People are saying it's game of the year prematurely, though. I think the user interface is, is bad. I think the building thing is good. That's it. I hate all the menu shuffling in this game. I don't have fun trying to assemble stuff, build shit, cook shit, change outfits. None of that pleases me. I always, when I think Legend of Zelda, I think of that like maze style dungeon and then like monsters that you just slash with the sword. And it, it, I mean, I like the building aspect. I think it's a, a great modern day Zelda game because you're doing the open world style, but it's just not the best fucking game. Is it worthy of your Switch? Sure. If you don't have a Switch yet and you get the game, that's a good first game to play. But it's just sort of... Alright. Um, I, I think the problem is, though, you can't really, on the internet, say it's okay. It's, an okay. it's good. It's like any out of ten game. Because internet culture says you have to say, it's a shitty fucking shit shit game, fuck you, Nintendo. Because that's what gets the algorithm going. Or you have to be the fanboy. This is a 10 out of 10 game of the year, best game ever. Is this the best Legend of Zelda game? And then give the face that's like the fake shock, like, oh my god. Because that's what the fucking internet culture is, and it's all hokey bullshit fake. Just play the game because it's fun. Play the game next year. Play the game next year when everyone's moved on. That's my consensus. Anyway, uh, speaking of let's move on, uh, the main purpose of today's episode. Have you seen Titans? So before there was a podcast with Jordan Haas, and in many ways, before game shows, I suppose there was a game. There was a podcast I did with Fun Time Calls with a couple of my friends, one of which being Jack. What a misty. Um, and uh, it was a comedy, angry podcast that I like to do a lot. And one of the spin-offs was Jordan Talks Titans, where I was doing episodic reviews of DC's Titans. Because originally it was on the DC streaming app. Remember when DC Comics had a streaming app that was trying to compete against Marvel and then Warner Brothers just fucked it up and went, actually it shouldn't be TV shows and movies, it should be comic books. We should just take that off and put that on Max. 
HBO Max, but now it's called Max. Hey, Max. Um, so, they had two seasons on the DC streaming app in America. I think it was on Netflix around the world. And then season three onward, which was season three and four, it was on the Max. And I was going through episode by episode of this, this TV show because it's the main focus is the Teen Titans. But the centralized character they kept focusing on was Dick Grayson Nightwing. And as everybody should know by now, Dick Grayson slash Nightwing is my favorite superhero. That's my favorite comic book character. That's what got me into comic books, not just Nightwing, the 66 Batman TV show. The, the, the old Wounds episode of Batman the Animated Series. Those were the things I remember. Robin's Reckoning Part 1 and 2 came out at a weird time in my life. And so I was excited because, hey, the Nightwing show, kind of, it's Titans. They already did a Teen Titans cartoon. They did a Young Justice cartoon, but this is live action. And the first thing we remember about Titans, there was the thing that was the big joke of Comic-Con that year. Fuck Batman! And that just sort of just got rid of a lot of goodwill. Now I will tell you that pilot episode was actually very good. The fuck Batman line was not that take. It was a different take because it was more of a comedic. It was a fuck Batman. As in a, come on, you guys, I'm a superhero too. Can you just shut up waiting for Batman? I'm Robin, come on. And I thought that was a great line dialogue and a great delivery in the episode. Because this pilot, which I'm guessing was the TNT Titans pilot originally, was set in Detroit, of all places, and had Dick Grayson be a cop. And uh-oh, my partner has gone missing and died. We have to find her. But also, here is this lady named Raven, and we're gonna take care of her. Spoiler, they never fucking answered the question about what happened to the policewoman. Me, it, it, I, I'm, but they're pro-cop, but they don't care about the missing cop in Detroit. Season one was a was very very bad. The reason being, they were trying to get every character their introduction. They got Raven. They tried to get Starfire. They tried to get Beast Boy. They didn't get Cyborg though. Cyborg would be going to the Doom Patrol. But spoilers, this in the end of season four, Cyborg shows up. So Cyborg is a kind of titan at the end probably because they were getting rid of doom patrol because turns out uh when you are winning an oscar for the whale suddenly uh your your, your rating and value is a little much brand fraser to go from being this big robot guy to winning an oscar and they never even fucking promoted the show just out of the cloud of this win. Hey, if you like this sad fat guy 
crying about dying and not really having a stable family relationship, might I suggest Doom Patrol? Um, anyways, so Titan Season 1, it was mostly a Raven and Dick Grayson episode. So Raven was doing spooky, cartoonish bullshit that I thought was the worst CGI. It, it basically was a CW show. It was the Gabrielle Piccolo art of the Titans, but they say fuck. That's the best way to describe it. And it just felt out of place and was tacky and just sort of, eh. The night, the, he was always Robin. Beast Boy never changed to any other animal, probably because of budgetary reasons. But in story reasons, it's because he only knows how to be a tiger. Even though he was a snake in the first fucking episode. He loves video games, but never references video games. And he becomes essentially the comic sidekick that becomes the allocated back of the pack, like in every shitty DC TV show. I don't know if you noticed, but again, the DC TV shows all have a strict kind of story. It's a woman and a guy. They're in a relationship, but the guy's the hero. And he has to juggle between having a relationship and being the vigilante. But there's also a central hub, the Arrow Cave, the Flash Headquarter, which is Star Labs. And then you have people sitting in the home base. Being essentially the Barbara Gordon Batgirl Oracle coming up with the, hey, you gotta go to this street, ep dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. And that was essentially just the, like the B character, because you're not really anything but just giving exposition. So they get the, they build the family, they do the road trip story. In season two, Jason Todd shows up. Also, Bruce Wayne shows up. Bruce Wayne was actually a good guy. Forget what I said about Batman being bad and he should die and he's not a good person. Actually, he's a good guy and he's very nice and he's very nice to everybody and me and we hug it out. Also, uh, I don't know who I am anymore. I'm gonna go to jail. And now I'm hearing the story of the Nightwing in prison. And now I'm broke out of prison and became the Nightwing. Also, Superboy's here now. Here's a shot of his ass. Here's Crypto to Superdog, probably the most likable character. Did we mention <laughs> did we mention Hawk and Dove again? Because they were a really good episode season one. They kind of get allocated in the back season two, but then, oh no! Hank has to die, and that's sad, so we gotta have this sad episode because Hank has to do an Amazon movie show. Amazon movie show? And now, uh, Nightwing is now in there with, with uh, Starfire, and there's Blackfire, and there's Beast Boy, who's just sort of the behind the scenes, and Starfire is, is just sort of in an argument with the, with the sister. Uh, we'll go over to Tamaron next season. Nope, never mind. We're not gonna do that. We don't have the money. Also, we, we are gonna go see Lex Luthor. No, nope, we're not doing that this season either. 
Well, actually, we are going to have uh, this big fight. I think they spent all the money on Raven's fight at the beginning. And then that's the end of the DC seasons. It goes on to HBO Max, where Jason Todd takes a lot of drugs because it's tough being a vigilante and he takes the Joker serum after a fight and it makes him go crazy. And so as he tries to fight, he becomes Red Hood now. And he's he's fired by the Batman because he does the drugs. So as the Red Hood, he does the bad with the Scarecrow who is in the prison. Then Scarecrow gets broken out. And they kind of do a precursor to that Jeffrey Dahmer uh, Netflix show. It's just just take any screen cap of the Scarecrow in that and the Jeffrey Dahmer. It's just the same fucking thing. Uh, and it's like, oh, wow, what a, what a great story. Anyway, Beast Boy, um, yep. And Dove, yep. Okay, well, Nightwing is... Hey, look, it's Batgirl, everybody! It's a... And look, here's Tim Drake! Tim Drake's here! Tim Drake has a lovely family! It's a... It's a... And they run a... Food... A a Chinese restaurant? And it's a delicious Chinese restaurant, and uh uh-oh! There's problems in Gotham, cause crime. Well, it's okay, because Tim Drake is a master detective, and he definitely knows who Dick Grayson is, sort of, kind of, and he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So to keep the secret, he basically becomes a sidekick. But he isn't Robin! That's Jason Todd's name! You can't be Robin! Until the... I guess he becomes Robin. What happens at the end of season three is Tim Drake saves the day and basically gets recruited by the Titans. And now he's an artificial Titan. We had like the Deathstroke family in season two. We don't give a shit what happens to Rose. We don't give a shit what happens to Jericho. They just moved the fuck on. They had this like whole sort of B plot of what if Rose and Beast Boy become a couple? Wouldn't that be interesting? No, no, no. They dropped the ball on that again. They dropped the ball on Dick Grayson and Jericho being friends. And so we end up in season four. Season four is the, the best way to describe this season is... Fucking, we're just at the finish line. Just fucking write it. We're fucking done. There is just, yeah, whatever you want. You want Superboy to be bad and shave his head and be Lex Luthor? Fine. Can we get Lex Luthor? Sure. Why the fuck not? Hey, uh, do you want to go finally to Tamron? Uh, we'll go to Tamron, but we're not really gonna, like, do anything really Tamron. We're just gonna have a green screen effect. It looks like you're in a giant lava lamp. Okay, good. Anyway, uh, so now we're done with that little storyline. Let's just, uh, what else are we uh, missing? A uh, Beast Boy. Oh, yeah, Beast Boy has to find himself because we never fucking did anything about that. Uh, so, hey, uh, how about Beast Boy goes into other galactic worlds and he gets to see the future and then there's the Waffles, Waffles, Waffles cartoon Beast Boy and there's the Flash and there's a lot of supposed to be intentional DC Easter eggs. 
So we can pretend that this TV show is like a Star Wars and there's a movie theater of nerds going, oh my God, yes, I remember DC Comics. They break out of LexCorp, but they're still in LexCorp, but they're also still at the Titans Tower, but it's not really a tower, it's more like a apartment complex in San Francisco. Tim Drake is Robin now, and Batman's training Tim Drake to be Robin. Also, Tim Drake has a boyfriend. Here's Bernard, because we realized in the comic book, Bernard and Tim Drake are a couple. We learned that months ago, so we're writing that just to be in sync with the comic books. But we didn't really get the fine lines of who Bernard is as a character, so we're just sort of playing it by ear. In this one, he's a star lab science boy. And you might be asking yourself, does Tim Drake and Bernard kiss? Yes. If by a kiss you mean a quick smack on the lips that lasted maybe 0.2 of a second. One of those sort of, I don't really feel like kissing because I'm actually an actor who's straight and I feel very icky doing it, but I got it, I guess. It's a very... Essentially, it keeps becoming a hot mess. And just like season by season, the writing is inconsistent. Nothing leads to the next thing other than the one bullet point. So they really, I guess whoever was the writers for Titans, good on them for getting free will to do whatever the fuck they really wanted to do with these shows. But the fact that it's like you have one episode where it essentially it this i don't this never happened but essentially it's kind of like season one episode three you get dick grayson or or starfire go my favorite food really is street tacos nothing beats a good street taco and i'm in gotham patrol in the streets i really love street tacos tacos are delicious all sorts of flavors i always love them so many varieties yum 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 oh these are the best so then you're establishing canon. Maybe something will go down the line like a taco truck shows up in a later episode, distracts. Cut to three seasons later. Well, everyone knows my favorite food is sushi. Sushi's the best because I was on patrol once and I got to uh, hang out with Cassandra Kane and we were in uh, Kyoto and she showed me this Japanese restaurant. Also, she's Japanese now. That's what we got. It's okay. Uh, the final episode of the season, I will say, and that's the reason I want to do this. I watched the last episode. I finally saw the final episode of Titans. And the best way to describe it is, oh, we beat the baddie. Okay. And that's it. Hey, you want to work at LexCorp to make video games? Nope. Well, shit. I don't know what to do with my life now. I guess I'll hang with Superman again. Because I fucked over my one dad. I guess I'll hang with my other dad. And then, and then, oh, Beast Boy. Well, I would like to 
Uh, be your friend, Raven, if you will have me. Oh, okay. We could have done like a love triangle thing with Rose or with, nope. We're just gonna go straight to they are becoming a couple. And then at the end, Dick Grayson professes a love of Starfire and they go out on a date. At no point in any of the seasons did they really go into the Dick Grayson and Starfire love each other situation. They kind of hinted at Dick Grayson is a shit lover. Everything from how he handled Donna Troy to how he handled Barbara Gordon to how he handled fucking Rose. Essentially, every woman that's ever with Dick Grayson hates the shit out of Nightwing. And at the end, Starfire. Ah, just kidding. Let's go on an adventure sometime in a romantic date. I guess it's all happy endings. They tried to make it a positive ending, but I was watching it left confused because it's sort of just the, oh, okay, I guess that's, yeah, sure thing. Is Titans a bad TV show? Uh, yeah, I think Titans sucked. But I like Nightwing so much that I commit myself to watching it. Do I think the acting is terrible? No. I think all of the actors were given a script and because of streaming content, especially ones with like a Titans and probably the writing thing, this was made hapdash, which means everybody who kind of worked on show, I mean, seasons one, two, Brenton Thwaites did not know what the fuck Dick Grayson's accent was because he's Australian. So it went from like a, what's that you want to do, uh, Raven, I'll be here too. Okay, guys, let's stop the tight. It just was so all over the place until like season three when he found his voice and finally found that character. I thought, oh yeah, he's now being quippy and fun. Okay, I like this. Um, but in terms of the characters, it's all melodramatic. Oh, we gotta stop this. What do you think? Ah, shit. Fuck, shit, fuck. Damn it, fuck. Now we'll go, let's go to Bruce. Let's talk to Bruce. Bruce is not picking up because he can't work right now. He has to be, but he gives his best regards. There's Jason Todd. I think Jason Todd was the best. I think Curran Walters as Jason was one of the best performances on Titans. Because you had this sarcastic, smart-ass, asshole guy that you wanted to see fucking die. But at the same time, it was a perfect encapsulation of the Jason Todd character as a young Jason Todd that I thought, oh, this was really good. The acting was okay in all regards because they were given a script that was probably made in one month. Like, they maybe had two drafts, got final approval, and they just went with it because we need to record this now, now, now. Seasons one and two, season one of Titans was filmed in a course of three months. And that includes writing. Season two had a full year to do stuff, but the writing was somehow even more slapdashed. Season three, they had a big break because of the pandemic. It was not good, but 
it was more cohesive because one thing led to another. It had a more cohesive story because they were pinning the points of Jason Todd's character arc and Nightwing's character arc and Superboy's character arc. It was actually kind of a cohesive beginning to end story that was still made no fucking sense. And then in season four, ah, fucking do whatever the fuck went. Basically, it's a car crash every fucking episode. In a way, that was just sort of, I'm in awe that this is the show. This is becoming Legends of Tomorrow that we don't give a fuck, we'll do whatever we want, and you're gonna fucking watch it anyway. Do you want like a close-up of Brenton Thwaites' butt because of Nightwing? You got it, pal. That's, that is what we ended up with. You ended up with, and Beast Boy can become a rhinoceros. I still don't know Beast Boy's character in this, but Cyborg finally got to be a Titan, and that's good, right? It still is, it's still to be a concerning bad show. Um, <clears throat> I think it could be better, but that's the one they played off of. I think it would have been better if they just did a Nightwing standalone show, or they just did Bat Family or something. But from what I'm hearing with the internet, you guys hear about this internet? If you really want a very fun Batman Nightwing thing, pick, uh, go to Webtoon and check out Wayne Family Adventures. Something that I heard was originally not endorsed by DC Comics, and then suddenly became endorsed by DC Comics, because I think they own Webtoon now. And then, they had a whole like live action thing, I thought, and then they pulled the plug on that. It was that David Zaslav as well. I, I do not know, but it's it's been interesting to say the least. So essentially, uh, DC Comics is weird. Webtoon's fun. Wayne Family Adventures is, I think, the best of those because it's all the tumbler headcanon bat family mischief things and they're making bruce wayne to be rich happy dad instead of grumpy batman character which i thought was always very fun um so I, the parting thing with titans and my watching of that weird show is that I think if I say anything that happens, people don't believe me and they watch the show. And I try to tell people don't watch the show except for a few episodes. Because a few of them actually have like great dramatic beats, great mix of comedy and drama and, and a good story. And then others are just sort of like, what is Nightwing's ambition? We're a family, but I'm leaving. We're family, but not yet. We'll stick together forever, but I don't trust any of you. Like, it just is inconsistent. Terrible. Very, very, just to me, it's not worth it. But hey, if you have a max subscription, I ain't stopping you from watching Titans. But there are other shows out there. There are other shows. Um, 
And at the time of this recording, we're still in the middle of the writer's strike. And now things are developing where SAG-AFTRA has jumped in, IATSE is jumping in. It's becoming unions, pairing up with unions. That It's almost to the point of it could be a complete shutdown of Hollywood if the terms are not met for every one of these unions. And I'm here for it. I hate to say that term, but I am indeed here for it. Because internet has basically become the new content creation of all this stuff that our films and TV shows and all that. Most people are, when the pandemic happened, think of the pandemic. The movie, the, the theaters were shut down. People were still cutting the cost of TV. There was no uptick in really, if there was maybe like 1% uptick in cable subscriptions. Everything was pivoted to a streaming channel, a Netflix, a Disney Plus, a Hulu, an HBO Max, and they were watching movies through these streaming services. Movies on streaming services. That's a different residuals than what is given to SAG right, uh, actors, currently speaking. Writing, on the other hand, which is the building block of all of these TV shows and movies, is a whole other story because they kind of were put in the background because again oh it's just a silly little internet thing this that, yeah that little web show called ted lasso that silly little uh youtube channel that no one's heard of that we like to call stranger things that 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 little young upstart of all those yellow comedians We like to call it severance. It, it's all these, like, it's a real, un, un, it's, it's really unfair for all of the people in Hollywood who work in Hollywood to have to keep asking for this. And it's really shitty that the CEOs don't want to comply with it. Because on the business standpoint, then what they think is, Oh, well, they won't just pay the costs on to the customers and fuck them over so that they'll have to stand by us and not the unions. They're doing all that scare tactics right now. But time and time again, what you've seen is Netflix raises the rates, but they're not showing anything that's worth the price. Because it's all unscripted shows. It's all documentary shows. It's, um... They're trying to push a Squid Games reality show on you in a few months. It's not really good stuff, folks. What have you heard? Kind of sucks. Um, so, I, I of course stand with the unions. I think that if this causes a shutdown, I hope that uh, they finally get what they want. And I hope this doesn't lead to the, why is it so high? Because of the writer's strike. Because these people are pocketing $200 million bonuses. And like, that's the, the drop in the bucket that they kind of want is that little 200 million. The little bonus, like not anything huge. But they don't know any better. Cause this is a, you know, stocks have to go up. Stonk, CNBC, Arrow needs to go up. And if the, the unions win, then, 
uh, stocks go down, we can't have that invested fest to be a stockholder. When it, it can work for everybody. Um, which leads me to the last uh, part of the show. Uh, so we started out talking game shows. We talked about Zelda. We talked about Titans. We talked about the Rider Strike somewhat. Hey, stay with the writers. Um, it leads me to two pieces of news left. Uh, Disney. And uh, what was the other one I was going to write down? I don't have my notes out. Uh, we'll just start with Disney, I guess. Like, maybe it's just Disney. Uh, so Disney is currently uh, closing the Galactic Star Cruiser hotel thing in Florida. And they've also uh, reverted the Florida move for their uh, employees. Uh, so, on one hand, a lot of people are like, oh man, the Galactic Star Cruiser! I love that! Star Wars! And yes, you can feel whatever you feel, if you especially with Star Wars and probably spent money on it. Yeah, because it's an immersive experience, certainly. Then there are others that were like, it was a dumb, bad idea. I, it, just, it took a year before they pulled the plug? Oh, okay. To those people, I'm like, yeah, I guess. Let's go to Galaxy's Edge. Want to go to Batu with me? Let me know. Uh, and then others, it's the uh, Florida transfer with the employees. And it's the DeSantis Disney fight of them all. Uh, I don't want to... I, I wanted to talk about this last week and the week before. Um, <clears throat> I I think Disney doesn't really give a shit about LGBTQ rights. I I don't think they care. I think them people trying to prop up Disney as like a yeah they're standing for gay rights are, are going to shoot themselves in the foot. Because they do it, because when they do it, it's a, uh, it's cap, it's, it's rainbow capitalism. They do it because they can do a pride night and make money. They could do it because, hey, we're, we're a progressive place, but, because you can spend money at Disney. But the second it goes out to China or to another country, they can edit out that scene. Remember in Star Wars, they edit out the same-sex couple. I don't know if you heard, but there's a same-sex character. There's like a there's a gay character in in the uh, strange wilder stranger strange things strange places strange the strange the Doctor Strange the cartoon strange places I believe that's what it's called. And there was a teacher that got in trouble. Strange. Uh, Strange World. Strange World. Same-sex character in Strange World. And a teacher got in trouble for having a same-sex character showed to kids in Florida. So, it's a PG movie. And it's Disney. 
Maybe the problem isn't Disney's rainbow capitalism because they're telling a story of a same-sex thing. Maybe the problem is they want to get rid of same-sex people in general. That's really all it is. It's not, oh, the kids with the gay. They don't care. Disney's going to make money. It's really the culture war of getting rid of gay people in this country. They already tried to do that with trans people. They're still trying to do that with transgender people because, hey, you can just turn on any YouTuber and see what they think about Bud Light having a transgender activist. And then you could check to see how they feel about trans people. And it's like mostly just like hack 90s comedians telling the same shit jokes they told in the 90s. It's just like, oh, okay. So you're, is this a comedy joke or you just really don't like these people? Oh, you just don't like these people. Oh, okay. And then they move on. So it's, there's uh, lesbians, gays, and bisexuals should be erased too. And, you know, lesbians, because they assume it's the, uh, the dyke stereotype characters because they again all they think of is media and it's just shit i don't know what their stereotype of a bisexual character is i would like to know <laughs> gay they think it's the 2000s uh, queer eye character because they still try to do that accent thing and it's just sort of just shit um so they're trying to get the LGBTQ people to fight each other, drop the trans people, but no. Trans people matter. Trans lives are their friends. Who might be trans or non-binary. Who gives a shit? It turns out people who don't know, and when they don't know, they want to try and harm people for that very reason. And that's DeSantis. The, I'm going to try and, and fight Disney because I'm going to run for president and be a better Donald Trump by throwing gay people under the bus, by throwing trans people under the bus, by throwing a lot of people under a bus. I am a, I'm a, I'm a Republican, but the gov I, I stand for the Constitution. But the First Amendment of, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of expression, none of that shit fucking matters. He's a big fucking meatball. And it's the, and that's the reason why it's the Republican dumb shit that happens. And I, I think the problem is the culture war is going to continue harming people socially. Because, and here, here's the thing. I'm gonna go into something really, really, uh, shit. <sighs> I think, and I mean, everyone knows, I'm very, I'm, I'm what you call a leftist in these spaces. Yeah, I listen to Chapo Trap House. Uh, no, uh, so politically speaking, I think the default of America, and I really just think, by default, America, you know, like, they say America is independent. America is quote unquote independent. If we look at them politically, they're independent. No, I don't think so. I think, in all honesty, it, it is Bernie Sanders leftists 
and libertarians that are make up the majority of America. And both of those are quote unquote socially liberal or progressive. Socially progressive. They don't care who the fuck you are. They want, they like the progress sort of situation. So to me, I think that's what America is politically. I don't think they are Democrat or Republican because Dems will throw people under the bus for power. They don't give a shit. Republicans are just fucking cruel. And what we are seeing is DeSantis be the face of a Republican Party and doing these cruel acts to fight against Disney because they don't like the don't say gay bill. And so they are pulling and then they're pulling and then they're pulling. So the Galactic Star Cruiser, it, 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 it ended, but it's mostly because there's a lot, of, it's not really a good business venture to have. I think it should be a sometimes business venture. Um, it's a good like story though, of like a good attempt, a good focus, but it's, it's the price, it's a cruise ship, but in a concrete block. But when it comes to Disney in Florida, it's more of Disney just wants to protect Disney and Disney IP and Walt Disney's legacy and Walt Disney World and what that whole park is and Epcot and all this and expand it out because they're the largest employer in Central Florida. That's all they care about, making fucking money. DeSantis just cares about his ego and is using the culture war of gay people to throw under the bus to think he can have a shot at winning the presidency. And he wins on the internet because, and here's where I'm coming from, folks. The libertarian tech people, the free speech absolutists, if you were, the Elon Musk of the world. You have to shut this shit down. You have to silence these people who are trying to harm trans people, black people, all these minorities. It's not a free speech. Oh, we have to do it because the Constitution, it's okay. You have the right to because while you can, you shouldn't because it puts you into the same accountability as the owner of the fucking company. Additionally, if we're going into this whole tech thing, they love being the controversial because they want the aggregation. If you're saying something so out of left field, so out of right field, that it's just so controversial, well then you're engaged and that means ad money. And I don't give a shit cause I'm making money. So they'll put the most controversial fucked up thoughts out there cause it means that they can make money to keep their site going. And that's the kind of quote unquote libertarian that I think is against the ideals of quote unquote libertarianism. Because to say they're socially liberal, you know, fiscally conservative, all that shit, you're more becoming just a conservative. You're just becoming a classical Republican. Because socially speaking, you don't give a shit about these disenfranchised people. Your focus is a constitution. And you know what the problem is? The constitution is a never ending document. It's a document that always updates. 
And the Supreme Court is supposed to be that constitution, but because we ended up with a few presidents that decided actually uh, we can turn in favor of these conservative politically people instead of what used to be an apolitical organization, we ended up with this fucked up Supreme Court. And that's the one that's going to dictate America for the next decade, century, millennium. And it's going to keep going from here. I'm coming... Here's my thought. It's not that the tech people aren't libertarian, a cornerstone of it, because they're definitely not leftists. They, they don't want to pay taxes. They don't give a shit about uh, unions. They, they're trying to stop unions. But to be a little... I'm a... You know... I'm a libertarian, actually. No, they're not. They don't give a shit about, like, the the problems they're facing the, in terms of marginalized groups and communities. You're really just a social conservative. But you're just more... It's actually... You're, no, you're right. It is socially liberal because you're not doing anything because it could harm business. <laughs> My bad. Maybe they are libertarian. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the reason I was think I was talking about Disney DeSantis is they're trying to prop up Disney as this big hero for gay rights, and I don't think that's really the case. I think they're just there to make money. I think that DeSantis throws gay people under the bus, and Disney is trying to just protect their assets. But, yes, gay rights do fucking matter, and trans rights should fucking matter, and DeSantis is a horrible person. The problem is, people believe what the shit the guy says. And there are companies on the internet that make millions of dollars that say the same shit. There are people who follow the people who say that shit and believe it. And you just gotta go, oh, oh, that sucks. Cause you know, I'm gay and you're just throwing this shit at me, okay. And then when you're saying, what the fuck, dude? Cause they're gonna echo the same anti-trans bullshit that these conservative pundits are saying. Why am I being censored? Why am I, why are you trying to cancel me? I'm trying, I just did. Because they don't know any better. So, DeSantis versus Disney, the it's a dumb fucking argument. Do I want, between the two evils, because I think they're both somewhat evil, I would pick Disney. <laughs> At least Disney, there's that little glimmer of hope of gay rights in their things that will easily be edited out if it ever offends somebody. But I don't live in Florida. I live in California. I'm where the actual Disney is. And Disney, I'm a, I just want to say I am available for writing and hosting and all sorts of things. My resume is available on the website. <laughs> uh, but uh, Disney is, uh, they're fighting a battle for their own corporations and their own like their own deals that they've made for hundreds of years. It's just sort of like the Steamboat Willie rule going on. 
And I don't blame them. And I think Disney has a great like theme park organization. They have a, a good enough streaming service, even though they're getting rid of a lot of stuff for the purposes of tax and maybe just to promote it. Um, so there's no real like, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't, I don't know. I'll side with Disney on this one, but it's okay. Uh, no, here's what's pissing me off is Disney adults and Disney like YouTubers who are like, well, yeah, we do theme park uh, news every day and we cover theme park. We're covering all of the, the news about Disney because we love Disney so much. Theme parks are great. And then it's DeSantis or Disney. And then they have to fucking go, well, I don't get political. This is not a political show. We got to look at both sides of the issue and see what's really going on. And here's what you can really just say. Ron DeSantis is a homophobic creep. He's a piece of shit that's prying on young girls while trying to say he's trying to protect them from trans people. At the same time, you could say Disney is a billion dollar industry that's trying to protect their asses because they just give a shit about making money. You could say both. You don't have to fence it. You can say, I don't want to get political, but DeSantis is a homophobic creep. DeSantis is trying to run for president off very harmful words to try and hurt trans people and gay people who make up my own audience as a YouTuber. You could fucking say that. You could say fuck Ron DeSantis. Fuck conservative ideology that's throwing me at my friends under the bus. You could fucking say that, YouTube personalities. You could say that theme park podcast on Rooster Teeth looking at you, annual pass. I shouldn't say this, but why the fuck is Podcast the Ride the only one willing to say fuck Ron DeSantis in all this? It's, to me, just creepy. Just say, Ron DeSantis is throwing my friends under the fucking bus to try and win a presidency. And that's fucked up. And Disney just wants to make money. And that's equally fucked up. You could say both and still have a political, I don't take sorry kind of thing. You could have that take. But you don't want to because to take that take throws both of your main audiences that you're trying to hold dear under the bus. By saying fuck Disney and they're trying to make money, well, Disney's my friend, the bare social company relationship because you grew up at Disneyland or watching Disney movies. And you can't say fuck Ron DeSantis because I'm a Republican, how dare you, you unpatriotic, you woke. You wokey tokey, whatever the fuck what was that? Wokey pokey? All dumb shit. So, in conclusion, here, I think Disney just wants to make money. And if they want to leave Florida to stay in California, I think that's just on them. I think it's partially, I think they will say it is because of Florida legislation and Ron DeSantis. 
And I think they will say that because of to protect a lot of the people who work at Disney that fall into that LGBT uh, spectrum that they have. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but there are gay people who work at Disney. There are there are non-binaries working at Disney. They're doing the poly shit at the Disney. There are people who are asexual. What is an asexual? I don't know what that means. So Marla Sands will ban asexuality probably in Florida next month or so. Um, so I think Disney just wants to protect their employees. At the same time, they don't really want to protect their employees uh, because they are currently on strike outside the Disney building uh, trying to get a fair share at the Disney Plus because of writing for Disney Plus. To be fair, though, Disney is very anti-union until it sometimes when it needs to be. Um, but I will say, though, in all honesty, because even though Disney is trying to protect their asses in Florida and protect their investments in Florida, I do think Disney in California is doing a better job. And I do think that uh, Disney will probably be one of the first to try and come to the table for that writer's strike and maybe try and do some subtle endorsements along the way. I do think they mean well. They are trying to be a pro more, I hate to say progressive, again, a more American company. And American is socially progressive. I don't think America cares if you're gay, binary, trans, any of that. I don't think they really care. The culture war of that, it does not matter. And that doesn't care at Disney anymore, so they kind of project it because that's modern times. So... <laughs> Uh, I think they're just with the times at Disney. I think they're just continuing the legacy of Disney in terms of modernization. And I think they are just standing back against essentially a homophobic piece of shit. Not because, oh boy, we stand for it. It's just more of because we can make money and this shouldn't be an issue. That's it. This shouldn't be an issue, and we want to make money. That's their stance. They're not standing with the drag queens. They are not... They're not going to Folsom anytime soon. Uh, but they, they're just... What is modern? Well, they're same-sex couples who have families, and they, they love their adopted kids so much, and that's a family. And we're a family organization, so we are trying to make sure we cater to all families. And here's Ron DeSantis going, but my family is the best. Fuck you. And I think that's just going to be more detrimental to Florida. And my big conclusion in all this is Disney could easily just walk the fuck off and lose billions of dollars and make a lot of people lose their jobs. Sure, the Galactic Star Cruiser is coming to an end, but Disney could pull the plug on a lot more different things in Florida as well. They don't 
need to be there. And I think DeSantis knows that, and he thinks that's how he can win. But that's also how you make the residents of Florida lose. Because that's the biggest tourism spot in Florida. What a dumb piece of shit. Folks, I don't want to get political, but maybe don't vote for dumb pieces of shit. That's just, I mean, that's just my philosophy. I mean, you could vote for weirdos. You could vote for boring ass old people who vote just like neutral. Just don't vote for dumb pieces of shit. Anyway, uh, I think that could be it for today's episode. I don't know. Uh, one day I will eventually go to Disney's California Adventure in Disneyland again. I haven't been there in quite a while. I would say those are some of the happiest places in all of California. But I'm biased and I love the state of California. I have friends who work at Disney and they love it there. And... I'm glad that they don't have to move out to Florida where they could feel hurt and they're under this intense pressure by a real piece of shit, homophobic creep of a governor. And I think in a political spectrum, America doesn't give a shit, but the two parties that are around don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, that is it. If you want to rip for Disney, go right ahead. But, uh, I just, again, plead that you don't jump into the fucking culture war spam. Every fucking time a YouTube video shows up, the, oh, Disney lost because they went woke with Rey Skywalker. No, I think it's just because business you could just say business business people don't give a shit business is business and most businesses are just how much money can I make fast with as little effort or labor as possible that's all anyway uh, that I think that's it for today's episode of uh, a podcast Zelda's neat Check it out. Still stand with the writer strike. Uh, if you want to watch a interesting YouTube video, as I already talked about the two documentaries at Defunct Land and uh, Pop Arena, that were really, really good. Um, another one that recently uh, that came to mind. Uh, oh. There is this YouTube channel I saw called Comfort Cartoons. They only have like 60,000 subscribers. And three days ago, uh, the guy who runs the place, um, he got to go to the Garfield Museum. And I thought that was really fun. Uh, so please uh, check out, if you can find it, uh, check out Marcus's channel at Comfort Cartoons on YouTube. It's a very cute Nickelodeon collection kind of channel and 
he just has this great personality of excitement about tra like trading cards and coloring books and just everything Nickelodeon and cartoons. Uh, so that that brought up my week. And um, also Magic Journeys has a new food video out and I thought that was very cute. Uh, so that's it for today's episode. I don't know what else to say. Um, let me just, uh, I guess I can turn off this music. Uh, so thank you so much for continuing to listen to this bullshitty kind of show. Uh, I still don't know what to do. I've been writing a bit more on jordanhaas.com. Uh, I hope Game Shows, I suppose, continues to be an interesting show for you to listen to. Check me out on Twitter until I get that blue sky approval. Where the fuck is my blue sky? Or unless I can't get the blue sky, in which case then nothing matters. But that is it for this week's episode. Thank you so much. I'll see you when I see you. This is Jordan Haas signing off. There it is, the Mr. Beast Burger. Fuck, I forgot to talk about the Mr. Beast Burger. Uh, do I end the show now or do I? Um, Mr. Beast Burger, I tried it again for the internet bullshit review thing that's on Jordanos.com. Uh, burger is good. I had it three days in a row uh, just to see, does it change? Is it irregular? And it turns out they're all just fine. I don't get any of those plastic cups, though, that I keep seeing. You don't get any free shit like a Mr. Beast video, but the burgers are actually pretty good now. They kind of fixed it, and the, there's a seasoned crinkle cut fry that kind of tastes like tagine, which I thought was really good. So, all, all in all, it's good. Do not get anything else, though. The Mr. Beast burger is good, but the chicken tenders are gross and tough. The uh, deluxe fries are very gross because it's too much sauce. That just soaks into the fries. The patty melt is just squished too tight. That it just doesn't taste good. Same with the grilled cheese sandwich. Same with and the plain burger is okay if you have kids because they might not like a beast burger because of all the ingredients. So if they if you have kids who love Mr. Beast, give them the plain burger. It's pretty good too. Just don't get the chicken sandwich. It tastes like shit. Also. Uh, Mr. Beast is just okay. I think he's just exploitive of YouTube's algorithm and uh, good faith. The same kind of uh, poverty porn that you see on Queen for a Day back in the 50s, uh, all the way up to like Ellen giving away like giant checks of money to people who do good on her daytime talk show. So it's the same thing. Anyway, that's it. I guess I'll hang up now. Uh, good night.